Welcome back, podcast fans, to another edition of the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Brett Myers, right here in our studios in Key West, Florida. I want to thank our radio listeners at WKWF AM 1600 and the early risers over at 103.3 FM listening in early to the show. For the rest of you who do the podcast thing, I appreciate you, uh, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and of course, this show and all the others, uh, you can find at keysweekly.com. That's keysweekly.com. That's our our umbrella media group here in the Florida Keys that covers the entire Florida Keys. And uh, you can check all the shows out there. Great show today coming up. We always say that because we have great shows. And this one is in line with the last couple we've had. We've had some great artists and bands come on, including Jelly Roll. This is going to be another big one. I'm going to tell you more about who is about to call in here in just a few minutes. Before I do that, I want to thank our sponsor, OMG, Overseas Media Group. That's the local group that does websites, social media, SEO, uh, digital services. They have the world of expertise that you need with the local service you should and you should expect. So Overseas Media Group, you can check them out at OverseasMediaGroup.com. So thank you guys for sponsoring. Now today, let's jump to it. Before we get the call, I'm here with Mason, my producer. She's given me the, the hurry up because we're about to get a call from none other than, than who is it, Mason? The Dirty Heads. It's our buddy, uh, uh, the lead singer, Jared Watson, also known as Dirty J. The Dirty Heads. They are coming back to Key West August 9th at the Coffee Butler Amphitheater, and they'll be performing again like they did last time. And I love that show, by the way. Just a great show when the Dirty Heads got up there. And then they were joined by Sublime with Rome. Rome joins that band now. And they'll have, I think they have Little Stranger coming on with them here as well, if I'm not mistaken, but definitely going to be a night you don't want to miss. You can get those tickets. Tickets now at the, T-H-E, the keywestampamp.com, the keywestamp.com. And those are, that's going to be a show. It's, a, it's the perfect Key West band, Mason, when you get up there on a night in August where it's been a little warm during the day, starts cooling off, and this cool vibe, this ska, reggae, rock band comes up there, and you're like, well, do I really know uh, Dirty Heads? And you do. When they start playing their songs, it's like hit after hit after hit after hit. And the reason I know that is because they just recently released one of their greatest hits albums, and here's a band that was formed in 06, put out their first album in 08, Any Port in the Storm. That was when they, they created Lay Me Down. That was a big hit and stayed number one for probably almost three months. It was number one. And then you start listening to these other songs that you know, and you're like, man, I didn't realize that. And of course, their latest album, uh, Midnight Control, they redid that, did a deluxe edition uh, that's going to be coming out July 14th. We'll talk to Jared more about that as well. And it's just an incredible sound. They really took that 311 sublime ska reggae sound out of California where they're from, Huntington Beach, and made it their own, which is hard to do. And we had a band on the show last time, Sea Creature, and it kind of shows you the influence that a Dirty Heads has indirectly or even directly on young men and women. These three guys, as you listened last time, so cool. Uh, they came on and were doing a similar sound, but out of Nashville. So instead of a, instead of a California scene, a country scene emerges and they start making this reggae ska sound. And so uh, Sea Creature, you know, we kind of connect the dots between our podcast. Really, I think 
whether they know it or, or subconsciously or not, was a, a product of this band, Dirty Head's success. And they are still going. I mean, it's amazing how much music they're pumping out. Uh, I'm ready to talk to Jared about how he does that, how he balances life, and how much they just sit down and write and get home to family and still produce as much music as they've had since 06 and the, in their first album in 08 that they put out all the way to now, eight total albums that they have that they've created. So without further ado, I'm getting the signal here. It looks like we're going to have uh, Jared Watson, Dirty J from the Dirty Heads calling in to the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. And joining us now on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast is Jared Watson, also known as Dirty J. Jared, absolute pleasure to have you join us on the show as you guys get ready to uh, head back to Key West on August 9th at the Coffee Butler Amphitheater uh, with with Sublime, with Rome, and a little stranger, I believe. Great to have you back. Yeah, we're so we're stoked. Oh, we're playing with Sublime out there on the Key West shows. It's going to be epic. I didn't know that. I believe so. I don't make sure I have that wrong. Yeah. I, and maybe in my head, because I came to your last show and checked it out. And I uh, love you guys. Always been a big fan and uh, watched you perform with them last time. And uh, just a fun night. Had you guys been to Key West before? No. That was our first time. And, like, uh, we, we kind of went down there and we we're like, why haven't we done this before? You know, like, we all kind of cruised around the island. And is that where, like, there's all the Hunter S. Thompson stuff, too? It is. It's, uh, hunt- yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's like our new favorite venue to play oh man well you're gonna have you already have fans down here and the hype is real as people get ready for you but yeah there's a lot of cool history here with the gonzo reporting and hemingway and all that stuff so hopefully uh when you guys tour i know you're busy and the tour's big but uh uh are you guys do you have time to get out in key west and do some things when you're here yeah i went to the beach last time went swimming i went i went for a run around the island checked out like forts and stuff, all yep. the history, cool, all the old school history stuff. Um, we kind of nerd out all that stuff um, a lot too, because I mean, you start touring for so long. Like we've been touring for like almost twenty years now, you know, and you can only party so much, right? Um, so you kind of just start looking for different things to do and, and finding new restaurants, and also like kind of diving into the history of some cities or some museums or some art galleries and stuff. It, it's really cool when you kind of like look deeper into the cities that you play or the areas and the venues, like the area surrounding the venue. So that's definitely a cool one with a lot of stuff to do. And I'm not just saying that like we were really like, why haven't we been coming down here? You know? Well, I hope it's a regular thing. People, I mean, obviously people like me are big fans. You guys really, I know it's a California sound, but y'all, you guys really fit the Key West vibe. There's no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, the vibe was really good. Yeah. I remember the show being really good. I remember the fans being really awesome. And I like singing kind of in the South and like in Florida and stuff. It's really good for the vocal cords like all the humidity people like complain about the humidity but like as a singer and mostly other singers that i know like we love it down there it's just easy to sing it's butter you know that's really cool and, and you guys don't i mean y'all do some south some touring i know obviously a lot of west coast touring uh northeast a little bit in the south but not a whole lot outside of some coastal areas and outside of florida in the northeast um but you know your sound is universal and I don't think it has to be a beach town to be loved. I think it's just it's an escape for people when it comes to the dirty heads. And I think you guys are seeing that. But you guys have been doing this. As you just mentioned, you, know, you got together in 06, as the story goes. And you and Dottie and, and y'all were best buddies. And then, of course, you just started, kind of jumped into it with him. I, I want to kind of clear our, I don't understand something. It says you weren't really, I don't, not musically inclined. You obviously are. But you didn't have a huge background in music when you guys met. And you kind of just jumped in into it is that right or are you already playing and singing or yeah no i wasn't doing anything literally like uh, i hadn't sang before i didn't have any like any 
any kind of musical background um, until I met him and we started messing around. And then I think Stand Tall was the first song that I actually sang because I like the plan was I was just going to kind of like write and do verses and like kind of be the rapper and kind of be more of a hype man. And like um, when we just started writing music and it just like kind of evolved in that, um, you know, I'm still figuring out how to sing, but I know I can write write the hell out of some songs. I think you've mastered both. Um, And, you know, and so from there, Jared, you guys, this is another thing. I've I've heard you interviewed and talk about this some, but I don't, I I don't think that people, I know it takes a while to make it big and the work you put in, but you guys get together in 06 and by 08, you've got this album coming out. um, And suddenly you've got these guys on your album, you know, Rome Ramirez meets you guys, of course, later, but you've got uh, all these big names that start playing with you guys to make this album work that comes out in 08. And I know you jump kind of from one label or or producer to the other to kind of keep your creative control. But how does the universe come together that quickly and that many cool people come together uh, with this ska based sound out of California y'all kind of make it your own from Sublime and 311 of course is in that genre and you guys kind of come up and make this thing your own but how did, how did from 06 to 08 do you make this incredible album in almost no time how, how does the universe come together on something like that right so that's where like a lot of people think things happen overnight but there's just like so much more to the story all the time like so we had got, got, got together with our team our manager and the producers that we worked with on the first album we got together with them um, around 2002, 2003, maybe. Okay. So for three years before that, we were kind of like developing everything. Like we were writing the songs, we were developing everything. We didn't have the full band yet, but we were working. And then when we did get signed and we did finish the whole album, then we got dropped um, by Warner Brothers. Then we found another label. And then the whole time from about 2003 to 2008, we were touring the entire time. And I think that was like, we were building a lot of our fan base. Um, but it was just a lot of grinding and consistency. Um, uh, and luckily the two producers that found us with our manager, they, noticed that we had something original, right? Maybe it was a little raw and maybe they could, we could like kind of reel it in a little bit. So it wasn't so much all over the place in the kind of like songwriting, but they realized that we had, that we were, you know, kind of had this original sound. It was kind of like the second generation of these sublimes and these three elevens and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was really cool for us to have kind of these mentors in an early stage. And they had known so many people like Josh Freeze and Billy Preston and all these people that they had already known that we just got lucky with them. So they, but the thing is, is we had to have some sort of music that, people weren't just doing it for money, right? Like they had to like the music that we were sending them for them to play on it. So we were lucky enough to have all these amazing players on our album before we found our band that is the band now, um, just really from like our early mentors and people that believed in the sound that we had. It couldn't have been an all-star cast of cooler people and, and come to find out, including you guys. Uh, am I, am I, I mean, I know the names are more than so many more than this, but like Billy Preston, uh, slash, is that right? M shadows, uh, even Mario C from beastie boy. I mean, those people come together. We couldn't have a, like a, like it's not just talented people, but just cool people. Like I, I mean, it just baffles me to come out of the gates like that. And of course, knowing who you are now, I could see why they would be attracted to you as well and why this works. But um, I mean, uh, that had to be a surreal experience just from the gate and, and to pick it up from there and, and not let up. That had to be, uh, had to be not necessarily a challenge, but knowing that, Hey, we, we've done this great thing and now we're going to keep doing it. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got a, a lot of cool things have happened to us uh, over the years, and like, um, it's just all consistency, you know. Like, because for every cool thing that ha- has happened, something mm-hmm. just has like detrimental has happened, right? Like that. That. But but you don't talk about that because you you praise your accolades and you praise your cool friends and you and you you market that side of the band, right? You market all the good things that happen, but you kind of keep everything else quiet and. So for every good thing, there was there was probably an equally bad thing that happened. But for us, we just kind of knew that this is what we were going to do, and we kind of decided that a long time ago, like when we we're you know eighteen or nineteen, like when we were starting before all these things happened. And it just kind of was one of those gut feelings where it's like I I knew this was gonna was gonna work. Like as soon as I started writing music with Duddy, I there was just this overwhelming overwhelming feeling in my stomach that this that this was gonna work, and I knew that this was kind of like the more I did it, the more I realized that this is my purpose. The more, the more we grew, the more I realized that this is my purpose. The more fans we got, the more just everything kept going. And I kept going, okay, like I kept kind of following the signs. And the more that I followed the signs, the more that they were telling me that, you know, this is the right path and this is what I was kind of meant to do, or this is kind of like the reason I'm here, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and I, I want to make sure that I give everybody credit because when we talk about Dirty Heads, Jared, and we are, we are with uh, Jared Watson, Dirty Heads here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast. Uh, we talk about you, we talk about Duddy, but uh, tell me if I'm wrong. We got John, David, Matt, Sean, Mark, Ruben. I don't know if I'm leaving people out or, or what, but it's a big, you, you've got an incredibly talented band. Do all these guys still, is everyone still traveling with you at every show on the road or how, uh, how, how does the, how does the tour work when, when the band is, hitting different cities is, is it always all of you guys yeah, yeah. okay yeah the band band super tight we got you know we, it's, it's, we got a circus man so we have all the band guys on one tour bus and we have all the crew guys on another tour bus and then we have a couple semi trucks that follow us around um, and that's it and you know we've had the same band since day one other than adding Sean and Ruben and Mark within the last like you know couple years here we just recently added uh, Mark and Ruben the last couple years and before that like like um, probably five years before then, we, we might have added Sean. Um, but everybody else has been there since day one, like when we were in the van, and like everybody else has just been in the trenches with us and paid their dues and grinded. And now, you know, we're, we're where we're at now. And we kind of like still don't feel like we're even close to being done. So we're still all out there, you know? Well, that's the thing, you know, and I'm, I'm a fan. And when you guys played Key West last time, and it, it wasn't surprising, but it just reminded me how many hits you guys had when you're on stage. You'd play a song, you'd play a song, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's another oh, hit. Yeah. And, of course, you just had your greatest hits album not too long ago uh, that came out. And I don't even know how you pick your greatest hits. Just to, That's got to be a chore within itself. But from a song set, a play set, like when you come to a place like Key West, uh, are you guys playing the same? I know you have a newer album out, uh, Midnight Control, most recently. And then y'all did the, yeah. have the deluxe edition, but how do you choose the sets you're going to play? Does it vary from city to city or do you kind of keep it the same for a little while on a tour? We like to keep the, the set the same each tour. So we'll do a different set each tour and then we kind of like to dial it in and then we'll dial it in over the first, you know, no, we'll dial it in before we, we get on, on the road. And then once we get on the road, if there's things that need to be tweaked, you know, then, then we'll, dial it in on the road but usually we've found pretty much what we're going to play um before we head out gotcha um and kind of going back to your early days in writing you're talking about all that kind of happening at once to the to the naked eye but it goes back even deeper 
but you know, you guys write lay me down. And I think there's some, you know, when I read articles, it talks about you guys are really high when you wrote it. I don't know if that's true, but uh, when you guys wrote lay me down and you're pumping out and you guys pump out so much music and it's not, you're just pumping it out like a, like a jam band factory, but you're pumping out awesome stuff all the time. I don't know how you balance that with, with, with real, you know, the, the other parts of your life because you're, you are people, but did you guys know that that was going to be like, Hey, we're writing this. Uh, it's time. It's almost go time. This is going to be one of our big hits or does that just kind of happen organically? No, no, no. That was like a demo. We had no idea that like we were, we were sitting in Dustin's backyard, just drinking beers, messing around on a guitar. And that, that song came about, you know, Sublime with Rome wasn't even a thing. That was purely just like, that's just kind of, you know, not to sound cheesy, but like that's the power of music. You know, you never know. Like we know now, we know better now because we've been doing it longer, right? Like, and, and I'm, I'm stoked that you think we have all these hits because it's like when we see your older band, like we played with Cypress Hill, right? And I hadn't played, I haven't listened to Cypress Hill forever and we haven't played with them and we a couple times. Like the first time we played with them, they just had so many songs that I knew. We saw Offspring and they had so many songs that we knew. So it was just like crazy. I was like, man, I, when I grow up, I want to have like all these good songs just from front to back, you know? And before we didn't really know, we were just figuring it out. You know, we didn't know if the song was going to work or not. But I think now we've been doing it for so long. We know our sound and we know how to get it. And we're so much confident, uh, more confident as songwriters. That's why I think we're getting better. While like, you know, usually 20 years into a band's like career is probably when they're slowing down or maybe they're not getting successes. But we're having more success now 20 years into it than we were at the beginning because there was a lot of, there was just a lot of things. There was a lot of factors. We, we weren't, you know, I don't know if we had too many producers or they were kind of pulling us in. We weren't strong enough to say no, or we didn't know what was going on, but now we know how to like build and write and play. And we know exactly how to get everything that we want to get. So I think we're finally like really writing the music that we should be, that, that, that the people want, you know? So we're continuing to get success. And like, it's not like we're sitting around trying to write, um, like singles, you know, like a pop right. act or something, right? We're just writing the music that we like, but we know that we, the more that we like it, the more our fans are going to like it. So when we are, we get really excited about something it usually works. And that just goes to show with this last album, Midnight Control, we think it was the best album that we've ever written. Our fans, well, a lot of our fans also, Hey, this is the best album since the first one. I understand the first one can be like, you know, hold a special place in their heart. But like, I personally think we're just getting better. And um, I can, you know, for just number wise and how many songs we've had success on this last album, I think it's pretty, it's, it's true. You know, if you just kind of look at the data. Yeah. And Jared, you talk about collaborations <clears throat> and you have such a unique sound. Dirty heads do. I got to think people call you guys. Do you ever, I mean, it'd be hard to tell, you know, these people know they have such followings and they're so talented as well, but they've got to be wanting you guys because you had such a different dynamic to, to songs and music. I mean, uh, I know uh, we've had, you've had uh, Pat Monahan from Train that come back and do some things on vacation, which was just incredible, such a cool thing. And you talk about Cypress Hill and these different collaborations. Um, you know, are there anybody you haven't collaborated with or anybody that, that, uh, that you just say, hey, this is, this is who we want to get to? Anybody that comes to mind? Not at the current moment, no. I know Duddy really wants to do a song with Willie Nelson. Yeah. I think that's the next thing we're shooting for. 
And, and how do you choose a cut? Like, so here, here you are, this prolific writer, and you really are. I mean, I love your writing. I think most people would put you up there as just one of the best songwriters when they really start looking at your lyrics. Um, but when sometimes you guys will, you know, break away and do a cover, and you don't have to, but there's got to be a reason why you love this cover. And I was just curious on you know, Joe Walsh, Life's Been Good. Why that cover? Why, why is that one that uh, you guys wanted to do, and how'd that come about? It's honestly just because it's fun. Yeah. Like we, we usually try and pick like a cover. We used to do it because it was like a tactic, right? When when people didn't really know who we were, um, we were playing these you know big long tours in a van, or playing bars and theaters, and we're opening up for other bands, and um, maybe their fans didn't know who we are. If you play a cover, but you tweak it in your own style, at least they know. At least something is is you know. Um, at least they can kind of grab onto something because they're familiar with it. Right. Um, so we used to just use it as a tactic to get fans to be like, Oh, well, I've never heard of this band's dirty head, but Oh, they did this cool dirty head version of, you know, painted black or the Rolling Stones or whatever. Um, so we used to do it that way. But then once we started growing and growing, have our own fans, we realized we didn't have to do it. So we stopped doing it for a long time and then we kind of missed it. Like it was just, it, right. was, it was fun to kind of like not cover people's songs, but take, elements and we're really big fans of hip-hop right like we, there's a lot of hip-hop influence in our music so we were always fans of taking things sampling things and making them our own so we just kind of wanted to do that again for fun and then it just so happened that it worked out and it became like a pretty big song for us awesome now I, i've got about five more minutes with you to be respectful to your time jared we've got jared watson dirty heads here um i do want, i have one serious question for you i didn't want to dig too deep um but this was kind of cool because it stuck out and i think it's becoming more of a thing in music for people to talk about and be okay with um i know you talked a little bit as you, we talk about your songwriting and how prolific it really is and you've talked some about your sobriety or, or less partying and less things on the road um can you just talk about that journey a little bit and what that means like because i think a lot of people in their mind think okay great creativity uh comes from moments when you're maybe younger or touring and the drugs and the alcohol and if i slow that down yeah i can keep playing my hits but you know that that wherever that stuff came from maybe those subs maybe that world helped out and you kind of broke away from that and kept writing and it just kept getting better um how do you what do you say to people that maybe don't understand that and talk a little bit about that journey if you don't mind yeah no not at all well, I think a lot of people will put the addiction or drug use or alcohol use onto a lot of artists in the past or a lot of generations in the past or just like kind of eras in music, right? And a lot of those people were like these really, really damaged artists, right? They were super creative, but they had a shit ton of demons and they used to either get them take a break from those demons or they use them for creativity it wasn't the case with me right like our music was always and and, and um going back to that like so i think that may, may have fueled a lot of things that may have fueled the, their creativity because they could either take a break from whatever demons they're fighting or they could kind of creatively have an output to facing their demons while they were, because it was easier when you're on drugs to do all these things, right? It could have made it more creative. It could have been all these things. But it's usually like kind of these, um, you know, these artists that were like very damaged or or had like a lot of, like I said, a lot of demons that they're hiding from or, or the, but usually the booze and the drugs, they, it just adds on to that. You're just getting more demons and more situations and it's all fucked up. But people love, you know, they love it. They love seeing it. They love hearing about it. It's, it's, it's life, you know, so you're pretty much writing songs about, you know, if you read a book and it was good the whole time, it'd be boring, right? 
So what these musicians and these creatives are doing is they're doing drugs and they're living life and the ups are so high and the downs are so low and like all this shit, right? So I get where if you're wasted all the time and you're partying and you're traveling the world, that's a lot of life that you're living and you're going to get a lot of life experiences from that, yeah. right? So that could be said that, yeah, okay. But I don't think that it's what it was for me is, is the whole point of, of our music and kind of like the underlying message of our music is always we want you to fill that lane of like being a positive band because there's bands where you can listen to when you're sad there's bands you can listen to when you're mad there's bands you can listen to when you want to party there's bands you can listen to when you want to be you know positive mm-hmm. which one do we want to be okay we want to be the one that's positive we want to be the one that's partying so i just got caught up in the world of just having fun and just partying my ass off and just like being make sure I'm being that guy and then like just being on the road and all the shit and I just got caught up and it made me realize like there's uh you know kind of an expiration date on this like I'm either gonna fucking die right or I'm gonna get to the point where I'm so fried that I can't do what I'm doing anymore so then I stopped you know I was I was scared too I was like oh my god am I not gonna be creative anymore am I not gonna be able to write whatever is am I just was was the was my drugs and the alcohol, was that what all this creativity was and all this stuff? Um, and luckily, no. I got sober, and I think our music is getting better because now I'm, I'm happier. Before, I, was, I wasn't as happy, and it was just a mask, and it was all these issues that I needed to figure out, you know, and I was just using it to mask it, or I was using it to run away from it. Right. Um, and now that I'm sober, and I've done a lot of work, I've done a lot of work with psychedelics um, that have really, like, kind of gotten to the center of a lot of things I've figured them all out and I can be sober and happy with myself um, now I can concentrate on just being creative and being happy and living more life and not running from things you know and I, I do know that if you are creative there's a much higher chance that you're going to be an addict because you feel things more and I know that and I get that so much because now that I am sober I totally get it like my highs are really high and I feel things and my lows are really low. And when somebody comes into a room that's in a bad mood, it affects me. When somebody comes in a room that's in a good mood, it affects me. I'm getting sober. I realized how much life does affect me. And I was using to kind of numb it, right? Really so cool. now yeah. I, just, I just accept it. And I'm like, okay, my highs are going to be high and my lows are going to be low. So if I'm in a low, I just know I'm not going to be there forever. If I'm in a high, I know I'm not going to be there forever. So I'm just going to you know, kind of enjoy it and accept it for what it is. Um, and luckily, like I said, you know, the, the creativeness and, and now I feel like I want to work more. I want to like dive into my creativeness in a healthy, in a healthy way. Right. Like I want to do all these things, but I want to do them in a sustainable way. And, and it's just giving me getting sober has given me much more drive and like totally lit a new fire under my ass. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about being, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I heard you talk about being in the moment, and I think you can tell that in your interviews and your music. Like, you're really in, like, to be a, a star and to be in the position you're in to, to live your creative life out on a stage and, and, and bear it all in front of people. But you get to live in that moment now, which I thought was kind of a cool statement by you as well. Sure, yeah. And I mean, you get to live in it being your true self. You know, before, like, booze and drugs and all that shit, it's all just a crutch, you know? Like, and I get it, it's fun. If you can do it responsibly, like, go for it. Like, totally. I'm still, like, you know, my job is to, to is still to entertain you. If you're going to come to our show and party, that's what I want to happen. But like now that I'm not doing that, um, you know, it just it just seems yeah. like I'm able to really enjoy it. Like and 
and do all these things as like my true person when before I was kind of like just using them as to, I, I don't need them. It's, that's yeah. pretty much what I got to. Yeah. And I think that's going to speak to so many people. And I, I, um, and I appreciate you sharing that. I know it was kind of a, a, a kind of a, a right turn, deeper question, but man, I really appreciate you digging into it. Cause I think it's going to speak to a lot of people. So I appreciate that. Um, right. and I know we've only got a couple minutes left with you. I'm probably a little over my time. I'll be respectful to you. I'll ask a couple more questions here, uh, off that topic, but, um, I will tell you, is it, is it different now for you too? You guys kind of took something that, you know, I, I know you can, you know, from the seventies and eighties, California produces so many sounds from the Canyon to everything else. And then you have guys we listen to like the chili peppers and, and Tupac and, and every, you know, it's all in, in hip hop that comes out of there. And now you guys are sort of becoming this influence. I, I try to connect my podcast. Sometimes we had jelly roll and then we had a band called sea creature, S E E creature. And they're out of Nashville. They've written some number one hits in the country world, but they're doing a ska reggae kind of country rock sound. It's pretty cool. And I know you had to be one of their influences. Is it cool to see you guys kind of pioneering and being those influences? I know you're still going strong. It's not, uh, you're not stopping, but there's people who are taking what you're doing and, and taking that passion and creating that a similar sound. What's that like to see them picking up your torch and trying to run with it? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, I really like from my side, I, you know, I, we, it's hard for us to think about ourselves that way. Right. Um, but then when you do hear a band, we're like, wait a second, or you even meet a band or you get a message from somebody saying that, Hey, you guys really did influence. You're like, Holy shit. I didn't even realize because our head is so like, we have such blinders on that we really don't realize, you know, like the longevity of our career, or what we have or what we've done. Cause we kind of like, we kind of keep each other humble and we try and keep our heads down and just write the music. And we really stay in our own lane and we really stay in our own world. So that when things like that do come in, it, it does feel really good. Like it, it just, I don't know. It feels awesome. I didn't even really think about it. I have to listen to them because up until now, like we don't really think about it. You know, we're just, busy like continuing to write music and stuff but when i look at you know the sublimes and the 311s and wu-tang clan and tribe called quest and mm-hmm. all the people that that we looked up to that we had so much influence from you know um if we're in that position now then that that feels great you know i'd love to be in that position and kind of let the new generation come up and be inspired and come up with something completely original you know i think that's really cool i think that's probably one of the coolest things about music is that I was even talk about this with my manager and like, you know, streaming and all these things about when I'm and, and having a trust and what am I going to do when I'm older and where's my music going to go when I'm gone? Like, well, I can keep my publishing company and my kids can get paid off of my music mm-hmm. and their kids can get paid off of my music. And then even if it fizzles out, right. And then there's some resurgence 50 years, a hundred or, you know, 150 years from now, my music is still going to live on and people can still experience it and still enjoy it. Even after I'm gone, that's really fucking cool to me. Like I can, I'm gone. I'm off the planet earth. I'm no longer existing. Right. But something that I've created is still affecting people in a positive way. It's super fucking, it's rad. We love it, you know? So, um, to be able to affect anybody in any positive way, whether they're a band that's going on now or somebody in 150 years, you know, feels good. 
Uh, well, that brings me to my, my last questions. We're at our time, so I'm going to do something with you, Jared, if it's cool. That I, I, I could talk to you all day. I love hearing you talk, man. You're so, you just really dig into this. I appreciate it. Yeah, I can just sit yeah. here and, and soak it in. It's so inspiring. Um, Jared Watson, Dirty Heads, we're going to do a little rapid fire with you, if that's cool. We'll end the, sh- we'll end the show with that. I'm going to ask you about six or seven yeah. quick questions. Uh, you can answer them as fast as you do or don't want to do. We don't have a timer or anything like that. Cool. But uh, <laughs> So here, here we are, rapid fire, Jared Watson, Dirty Heads. Jared, uh, first one. Is, is easy uh, your secret pleasure who do you listen to uh, sometimes that you don't want to get caught listening to who's your who's your dirty pleasure oh who would my dirty pleasure be um it would probably be um I don't know. I'm not, there's nothing that I'm ashamed of listening to. I like it. Okay. There's nothing I'm ashamed of listening to, you know, like I, I, people that are like, Oh, I only listen to one type of music. Or when people ask you like, I know this is rapid fire, but I'm going off on Like I listen to everything. I literally listen to everything. I'm not embarrassed about anything I listen to. Like I listen to certain country. I listen to certain R and B. I listen to certain hip hop. I li- and I, and I hate some country and I hate some R and B, but I can respect it all. Mm-hmm. You know, I can respect it. If, if music is really good, whether I like it or not, doesn't matter. I can respect it all. So there's nothing that I'm ashamed of that I listen to. Awesome. All right. That's the answer. I like it. And not surprising because you guys are so eclectic and so, and so versatile. Uh, next one, last show, movie or book that you have read or, or watched. Last, Show, movie, it can be any book. of those. Yeah, any of those. One of those. Um, there is a movie called Children of the Sea that mm-hmm. I'm pretty obsessed with that I'm trying to get more people to uh, to watch out there. It's on Netflix. It's an animated film, and it's one of the trippiest, most beautifully animated movies I've ever seen. It's called Children of the Sea. It's on Netflix. Boom. Awesome. All right, we're on that. Uh, last package you received from Amazon or that you ordered was what? Bro, I get like my wife. <laughs> I think has a problem. I I don't know. I don't know. Ask my wife. We get fucking ten Amazon packages a day, and I don't know what any of them are. But she tells me that we need all of them. You're not alone, brother. Okay, last couple questions, rapid fire. Jared Watson, the best song ever written about California, or has California in the chorus? <laughs> Uh, California Dreaming comes to mind. That's kind of a classic. Okay. It's been sampled a lot, so I really like that. I like it. All right. Um, last couple ones right here. Uh, the one thing about Duddy, he wouldn't want you to tell about him, uh, but you're going to tell him in rapid fire is what? Uh, he actually has a tail, like mm-hmm. a little two, like two or three inch nub. Uh, <laughs> it's, his spine was too long, and he has an extra vertebrae, and so he has, actually has like a little, uh, like a little hairless nub. I will not ask you if it wiggles when he laughs or gets excited, but that's it good to does. know. All right. It does. <laughs> uh, favorite when venue, favorite venue you've ever played? Uh, Key West, bro. Oh, of course. Oh, that's a Homer question right there. Outside of Key West, what's one you just, just love doing? Uh, I really like Red Rocks and I really like, um, there's one in Montana. Sweet. Good it's deal. right on the river. I think White, White River, it's in like Missoula. It's really cool. Absolutely. Uh, went to school there. So uh, last question with Jared Watson. We're going to let him go because I'm over, over my time. They're never going to let me interview you again, by the way. We're way over. Last no, you're qu- all good. You're all good. <laughs> last one is, uh, you kind of answered this before. When people talk about the Dirty Heads 40 years from now, I want them to say what? I want them to say, who is this? This is really good. 
I like it. Jared, you've been very gracious with your time and your answers, and we cannot wait. I personally can't wait, and so many others to see you and you guys get down here on August 9th in Key West and jam out. It's going to be a great night, and uh, thank you for taking time to, to stop by here on the Florida Keys Weekly Podcast and uh, catch up with us. Thanks so much, man. Hell yeah. No worries. We'll see you soon. Absolutely. Have a great one. All right, Mason, we've wrapped it up with Jared Watson, Dirty Heads. They're going to be here August 9th. Um, it's going to be a great show. Again, you can get tickets at thekeywestamp.com. I know not everyone listens to Dirty Heads necessarily, particularly in the South, it's sort of, and they're not regional anymore. They're, a, they're an internationally known band. I mean, you go to Europe, you go anywhere. But if you have it, just, just, I promise you, like just like we talked about Sea Creature last week, uh, and that's S-E-E Creature, and we said, what do you want people to kind of think of? And I think Dirty Heads has got to be part of their vibe because they're like, just when you're on a boat, just put our music in and you don't have to take it out and just let it go on the boat. That's Dirty Heads as well. You can put Sea Creature, Dirty Heads. Dirty Heads, of course, just just, just, just go. I've, I've got them all over my playlist. Rescue Me, Vacation, uh, My Sweet Summer, Oxygen. The songs, the, the greatest hits go on and on. Uh, they've got the, the new one coming out uh, that they're, they're redoing as well on that, that album, um, which is, oh, I mentioned that before, Midnight Control, Deluxe Edition. It's going to be out on July 14th. That's going to have 23 tracks, including acoustic versions of some of their best songs, two unreleased songs, maybe some cameos in that with some big time names, a uh, new version of Island Glow featuring a Colombian duo uh, on there, Mansoul Perrine, and uh, that's going to be coming out June 9th. So a lot of cool stuff happening with them. I don't know how they do it. They don't slow down and they don't just pump out anything. They pump out good stuff over and over. And so it's been a pleasure for me, uh, Mason over here producing to have Jared Watson from the Dirty Heads on the show today. And for the rest of you, I want to thank Overseas Media Group for sponsoring and for tuning in, all you listeners. You're the ones that make this happen, make it fun. And uh, I hope to see you next week right here and appreciate you listening.